This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband. From closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds, we talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, our guests are Superintendent and CEO of Butler Tech, John Graft, and State Program Director for Connected Nation Ohio, Tina Leiden. We discuss how the school is preparing graduates for emerging technologies, including careers in STEM, while dealing with the current and long-term effects of a pandemic that forced most students and teachers into virtual classrooms at all levels of education. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson, and today we're talking with John Graff, the CEO and superintendent of Butler Tech, located in Liberty Township, Ohio, and Tina Leiden, who is the State Program Director for Connected Nation Ohio. Welcome, John and Tina. Happy to be here. Thank you. I'm going to start with you today, John. Uh, uh, if you can give us a little bit of background on Butler Tech, I know it's one of Ohio's largest providers of career technical education, and it provides programs for both adults and high school education. So share your approach to education at the school, since you do deal with such a wide range of um, ages and, and topics. Thank you, Jessica. Butler Tech's mission is to make students career ready and college prepared. As a public school career tech center serving junior high, high school, and adult education students, we believe that the line of demarcation between high schools, trade schools, and colleges should be eliminated. Uh, you can be in high school taking college courses, an adult education student returning to obtain a certification, or a junior high student exploring career possibilities. So our focus is on student voice and choice in the pursuit of lifelong learning to help them find their passion and purpose in order to make an impact on the world. We believe an education revolution in America is essential to meet the needs of our students and our nation. We have to get away from that assembly line model of education where your date of manufacture decides how you're batched into particular programs. So competency-based education is key for us. It's part of the design of our programs. Uh, and Butler Tech is on a mission really to transform public education in America. Uh, no small task there. Um, I like your idea of not just treating education as just an assembly line, as you said. Uh, there, uh, we've really seen a change in the way people uh, handle their careers in the last several decades where people might have multiple careers, as in they might start in one type of work and move into another. Uh, is that part of where you're seeing this evolution in education and the need for these kinds of things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the likelihood that what we're uh, providing as far as uh, instruction and curriculum in our classrooms today and the likelihood that that translates uh, to the absolute job that they're going to have in the future is really unlikely. Most of the jobs that our students are going to be uh, going into or even the industries that they're going to go into, um, the likelihood that they exist now um, it, it's just not the case. And so we need to prepare students uh, for future-proof jobs, uh, skills and, and capacities to be able to handle the, the shifts in the economies and uh, the new industries that are forthcoming. Uh, I have talked uh, through this podcast with superintendents across the country and at the high school level and the, even the elementary level, and they have said just what you are saying, that there is not – there are – 
careers that we don't even know ex- that are going to exist in a decade, two decades that we have to prepare our kids for. So I think you're definitely on to something. <laughs> I'm sure the students and teachers at your in your staff would say the same thing. Um, I, I'm going to shift a little now to Tina. And Tina, as the um, head of Connected in Nation Ohio, you have a long history in the Buckeye State. Can you share a little bit about what the nonprofit is doing there now and the importance of better connecting everyone, not just students, but teachers, students, administrators, everybody in this education space? Why is this so important? Uh, Thank you, Jessica. It's so important uh, because uh, connectivity affords uh, all individuals, not just uh, the students certainly learning from home, but also for uh, those families, uh, as they're all learning and, and, and trying to work from home in many instances. Uh, so it, it creates that common denominator of uh, success within the household for uh, supporting the education endeavors of the students. Um, it also means a more connected community. It, it means uh, a wellness around uh, all attributes of a quality of life, uh, and and providing these individuals the uh, the foundation with which they begin to uh, learn and expand on their educational endeavors. And so, when we're faced with um, uh, the challenges that uh, you know inequities or the challenges of lack of broadband within uh, these these uh, geographic regions, uh, we see some of those challenges kind of highlight those gaps. And so it's very important for us to find ways to build that connectivity uh, to sustain uh, sustain these students within their communities and certainly the success of the community uh, with, uh, you know, creating those on-ramps for them as they progress through those endeavors. And in preparing for this interview, Tina, you told me that Butler Tech is really part of a consortium advocating for broadband connectivity in their area. Why is it important to have schools like Butler Tech as part of this larger effort to connect everyone? Butler Tech has a tremendous uh, vision and uh, is, is collectively inspired to work with other community anchor institutions and stakeholders within their region to establish a platform to get this broadband connectivity in place so that they can reach their students and they can utilize any assets that they already have within uh, their reach to be able to expand on and leverage those assets to bolster uh, the broadband engagement for these students and to help them to have better access to the tools that they need to be successful. Uh, so, so working with this consortium has been uh uh, a tremendous opportunity and, and my pleasure to, to serve with uh, this group uh, to help them to achieve success with their vision for what they see they want to accomplish relative to this uh, program and helping to get these students online. And John, um, can you speak to some of the challenges? Uh, I've been told that they are centered a lot around the limited connectivity options or the lack of affordability for kids or, or older students even. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you some of the roadblocks you ran into when it comes to getting people or students and teachers online for you guys? Yes. So, um, Jessica, initially when the, uh, you know, the pandemic uh, really sort of began and we began hearing it in that January timeframe. And then uh, in March, we, we officially closed our campuses. Um, it was initially triaging the situation, you know, identifying 
uh, filling the need, eliminating the red tape and the processes that, you know, sometimes public entities are good at instilling. Um, so we uh, wanted to be able to provide the freedom for our teachers to meet the needs of their students, both socially and emotionally uh, first, and then work through the curriculum. Uh, but like a lot of school districts across the nation, we, we mobilized efforts to expand our broadband on our campuses. We expanded Wi-Fi into our parking lots. Additionally, we purchased hotspots for students who had no access to the Internet or experienced bandwidth issues uh, within their current Internet accessibility at home. But as a technical school, we had already been providing laptops since 2005. So the machines weren't going to be an issue. So really, when that announcement came within 48 hours of our of our campuses being forced to close, we were delivering additional machines and hotspots for those students who needed them. Uh, we did end up purchasing additional hotspots. Um, but then at that point, we knew that this was only a temporary solution and it was not going to be the best solution in the long term. And that's really where we began to engage with Tina and Ohio Connected Nation on a long term solution, which is kind of what we're working on now. And it's a project to test how we can expand a private LTE network across our communities, specifically for students. Do you find because you have this tech background that maybe you were you mentioned the laptops, but were you equipped better equipped in other ways to tackle such a problem? I would say yes. Um, you know, being a technical school, um, we have a lot of staff that uh, were able to give us guidance and, and understanding about how we can expand our capacity. Um, you know, right now there's some there's some regulations uh, in the FCC that uh, limit our funding when we receive funding through what's called E-rate funding at the federal level that limits our ability to utilize those funds to broadcast um, internet ac- uh, connectivity beyond our campuses and and, you know, Tina and I and the, the, the group that's a part of this consortium, we're really, um, from a regulatory standpoint, we need to work on mitigating uh, and, and getting some regulatory relief while at the same time ensuring that we have connectivity. We, we work a part of our um, ITCs, which is our information technical centers, uh, which are 18 regional data centers and throughout Ohio. And um, we have a lot of connectivity. We have uh, fiber that runs along uh, many of our, our state routes. And so we have capacity to actually be able to instill these uh, private LTE networks. Uh, but we're still looking for some regulatory relief. And, and we're piloting this project along with Tina. To, and she's been great in, in giving us guidance and instruction about how to make this work. Since you have this expertise and some some experience now, after we've, we've, we're just about a year out from when the pandemic first really hit hardcore, uh, what are some lessons you can share with others as you, you navigate E-Rate and you navigate this trying to build your own LTE network, that type of thing? What are some things that you could share with perhaps others across the country, because this is a national podcast, that, that schools could leverage um, in their areas? Well, first, I want I want to back up and say that um, you have to recognize and have empathy for each student's unique situation. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our students ended up becoming the breadwinner of the home. Some added hours to their work schedule. Some had really strong connectivity to the Internet. Others had no connectivity at all. Um, some of the Butler Tech laptops uh, were the only laptop in the home. And so it became a lifeline for the whole family. So I, I have to under, first I would say, um, have to understand each situation and give some grace, uh, especially when you're trying to wrap 
your arms around um, a pandemic and a situation that really nobody has ever faced before. So I would say, secondly, uh, communication, 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 set up your game plan internally and, and tap into those collective thought leaders that you have internally and externally to execute your plan. So many times um, we want to solve problems too quickly um, and we tend not to think deeply about how to solve the problem strategically and, and tapping into those additional resources that um, a technical school and many school districts across the nation have with businesses. And, and that is the last really recommendation I would say is that um, you know, Butler Tech is fortunate enough. We have strong relationships with over 250 businesses in our region uh, through our business advisory council just by what we do. So we were able to make phone calls, gain knowledge, understanding that we didn't have the technical expertise in and how to move to an all online platform while at the same time uh, solving the immediate need and then beginning to build uh, on how we uh, create a long term solution for uh, the digital divide. Do you, do you feel that this experience that we've all gone through is going to change the approach to education moving forward? If it doesn't, um, shame on the education system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really have to take extra steps to make sure that these challenges are met. Um, one principal once told me that, uh, can you imagine if a kid comes in and they have a high temperature, they're out for two weeks automatically. So are they really going to lose two weeks of education every time they're, they're a little sick? So um, definitely some change is needed. Uh, I'm going to hand it to Tina for just a moment. Um, what are some of the challenges that have emerged statewide because of the pandemic? Are there similarities to what Butler Tech has, is facing in other areas or arenas across the state? Absolutely. Uh, We are uh, definitely seeing where um, all aspects of digital equity and inclusion uh, and and lack of broadband uh, affordability or or even access candidly uh, really strikes at the heart of, um, you know, what we're all trying to accomplish and how all of this is a common denominator uh, that that, uh, covers just about every aspect of, of everything that we're living through today via the pandemic and, uh, and what it has brought to, to light. You know, some of the things that we see that are limitations are certainly uh, the geographic uh, areas. Uh, if you get to some of the, the more rural areas in, in parts of the state, to uh, terrain, to just gaps where there's not that overlap from major metropolitan areas to then becoming uh, closer to the outskirts of of communities, you start to see there's less uh, in the way of choice uh, and and coverage, candidly, where you're getting the robust bandwidth or the continuity in the coverage of bandwidth and um, a lot of options to pick from. So, you know, communities across the state are now trying to find ways, school systems are trying to find ways to touch, to, to create touch points with these students to have better connectivity. And I'm, I'm seeing this and hearing this of all of, across the state of Ohio. Uh, there are approximately 1 million individuals here in the state of Ohio that don't either have access to broadband or don't have access to affordable broadband. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, created a lot of um, visibility for ways that we can utilize our platforms to come together and bridge these gaps. Yeah, I would say that every one of us at Connected Nation has seen that there's an issue with um, lack of access. But if there's any silver lining 
if you could say that from the pandemic, it's that other people now understand that this is not just a luxury, that we all need access to the resources and um, educational opportunities and telework opportunities and telehealth opportunities that um, broadband access provides. Uh, before we got started today, John and I were talking and um, John, your school is about to be some, one of the one of the next rounds of, of groups of people that are going to get some vaccinations in regards to the the COVID virus. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so when we mentioned uh, about connecting and tapping into your connections, we, we have had ongoing conversations about how to deal with the pandemic, uh, how to reopen our schools, which we were fortunate enough to work with our health department locally. Uh, we opened our, our adult education campuses in May of, of 2020, and our um, high school campuses in August of 2020. So we've been open the whole time, following all the CDC guidelines of, of social distancing and wearing masks. And, and really, the students were very cooperative. And, and as that continued uh, to progress, the communication with our health department, uh, we were informed of the possibility of being able to have the vaccine uh, for and the opportunity for our teachers to be a part of the, the vaccination process if they choose to be. So we're, we're happy to share that uh, our, our teachers and staff members who are on our campuses will be vaccinated, have their first round of vaccinations next week. And really to the point of technology and telehealth, we also talked about that you're helping your parents get signed up to do the vaccinations themselves as well, correct? Well, we're working through the health department. I know that uh, they're going through the, the, uh, a list and B list uh, and the protocols and uh, really our business partners and our communities, our hospital networks, our our local for-profit businesses have really rallied together to be able to share and identify and streamline ways in which families and communities can access and sign up for the vaccination. Um. Turning back to Butler Tech, uh, your IT instructor, Tom O'Neill, I had originally approached him about joining us for this podcast, and he immediately said, no, you need to get John. And he says, quote, John Graft is responsible for giving me the freedom to do what I think is right for my students. Quite the compliment there. Uh, share a little bit about your approach and why it's important to empower your staff and how that served you during this difficult time. Yeah, and and Tom's one of our best. He's one of our best teachers, and we have a fantastic staff and administration and board that that does a remarkable job at really focusing on doing what's best for students. And so, you know, I think about this when when teachers go into education, they, they go in it to impact the lives of students, families, and communities. And and sadly, really, in today's American public education system, we we've tried to boil it down to the process of educating students to leaving no child untested. And um, for us, education is, is more an art than it is a science. Um, so if you think about it, Jessica, and even Tina, uh, in this conversation, if you think about your favorite teacher, how would you describe them? Yeah, their personality and how they made me feel about being and learning something new. That's what I would say something I could think of a third grade teacher that definitely affected my life. And I would share a, a mentor and a leader. Someone yeah. who's a visionary. And so what's interesting about this, and, and I've, I've done this, uh, asked this question to a number of, of people uh, throughout my career. Rarely does anybody ever mention the subject that they taught. Because <laughs> for us, it is really about that connectivity. And so teachers are facilitators. 
Um, we're supposed to help students find their passion and their purpose. And um, I believe if we continue to foster that, a teacher's why, why they went into education is their greatest motivator. And so, yes, test, test scores and accountability is important. But I think teachers knowing their why uh, will sustain them through a crisis. And that's what we leaned into with our staff. So um, that's what our, our culture of our organization is about, is about making sure that teachers remember why they went into education. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to report that our culture, our culture is strong as a result of it. Well, that was definitely reflected in, in what uh, Mr. O'Neill said about you. So uh, applause for that. I just got a couple of final questions before I let you two go for the day. John, what are some emerging careers or trends that you're seeing in technology? Are there any thoughts about what advice you might offer pe- for people who are interested, whether adults or in high school, whether they're interested in getting into technology, uh, fields within technology, things that maybe some trends that are emerging. I know I'm reaching a little bit and asking you to look into the future, but uh, I don't want to let you go without at least getting an opportunity to pick your brain about what you think we're going to see in the next few years to the next couple of decades. Well, it's a pretty exciting time, uh, for one, because I I know and I get to see every day what our students and staff are doing. And and from very young ages, um, students are becoming very intuitive. And so they're not afraid of technology. Uh, But I would say from from an industry standpoint, um, cybersecurity continues to grow. Um, Certifications continue to be a driver as opposed to a degree. Uh, not to say that there's anything wrong with a four-year degree or a two-year degree. I, I think I applaud those efforts, but um, businesses are really interested in showing me what you can do as opposed to what degree you might have. I would say the second thing is that robotics um, continues to impact every industry as well as the Internet of Things. It's impacting all industries. How, how you connect these machines together in order to talk to each other and extract the data is a field that Butler Tech continues to work with our business partners in exploring ways how, how we can deliver curriculum and experiences to prepare students for um, those future-proof jobs. Tina, any, any final thoughts on that point with technology that you think are you're seeing some trends or something emerging from uh, the field of technology? Um, yes. So I, I'm seeing some trends in a demand for uh, subject matter expertise in telecom uh, as well. Uh, some of that includes uh, infrastructure, whether it's design engineering or uh, installation. Uh, and that can be both in uh, the physical layer outside plant cabling to uh, wireless or uh, uh, some you know terms that we're Certainly hearing a lot about today is 5G. Uh, I see there, I see there's going to be an evolution in, in having subject matter experts in those fields. Uh, data analytics uh, will be another one. And then absolutely another common denominator of, amongst all of this is, uh, as John shared, cybersecurity. I know that some of the work we've done across the country, we've some of the things that providers have run into is the lack of people who are trained to start to set up some of these networks. Am am I right? That is absolutely correct. It's a very in-demand field. (laughs) Yes, network engineering, uh, network analysts, technical support, managed services, network operations. Those are all critical as we're looking at uh, the evolution of cloud environments, uh, distributed cloud platforms, individuals that that bring... uh, 
an interest or a level of certification or uh, education in uh, data centers, uh, those are all going to be vital. I want to give each of you an opportunity to add any final thoughts or address anything that you thought we'd touch on that we didn't. And I'll begin with you, Tina. Any topics that you thought we'd address that we we didn't touch on or any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with today? I would really just like to leave the listeners with the, the fact that I applaud John and Butler Tech for being visionaries uh, and, and really looking to expand uh, their reach and trying to support their students and looking for technical platforms that are sustainable uh, for them to, to continue to build on that ecosystem. So I'm really grateful for John's time today because uh, you know their insights and, and their efforts uh, I think are going to have far-reaching impact and not only for the students that they support, but I think as a model for ways that this can, can be expanded across the state. I second that. I really appreciate your time with us today, John. And uh, do you have any final thoughts or something you'd like to address that we didn't touch on? Well, I, I'd love to um, share the thanks uh, for you, Jessica, and, and providing us the opportunity to share a little bit about Butler Tech and Tina, your your uh, connection that we have together now on this project that we're working on. Uh, I know we couldn't do it without you. Um, I would say that if anybody's interested in just learning more about Butler Tech and and what we're uh, titling the Education Revolution, uh, visit our website at www.butlertech.org. Or if you want to connect with me directly, uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at John Graft, at J-O-N-G-R-A-F-T. All right. I will put those links uh, in our in the description of this podcast. I'll put the uh, Butler Tech's website, the Twitter handle, all of that in the, de- in the description of this podcast. So if our listeners would like to go there, just head on there. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I really appreciate you both sharing your experience in this space. And as things progress and change, I'd love to have you back on in the future. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Again, our guests today were John Graff, the CEO and superintendent of Butler Tech, located in Liberty Township, Ohio, and Tina Leiden, who is the state program director for Connected Nation Ohio. You can follow CN Ohio on Twitter at Connected Ohio and the school at Butler Tech. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to ConnectedNation.org or look for the latest episodes of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify.